Welcome to the Wordy and Nerdy podcast, or whatever we're going to call this. Yeah. This is uh, us talking about... DC. DC and shit. So, um, we have two previous videos on the channel, um, Zack Snyder's Justice League and Suicide Squad, and we both enjoy those movies, and we also enjoy the most recent Peacemaker and Batman. So we're wondering, is DC good again? Yes, that's the question of the hour. Also, if it wasn't obvious, this video is going to ha- or, uh, podcast is going to have spoilers in it. Yep. We're spoilers for Peacemaker, spoilers for Batman, spoilers for pretty just much- DC a- in general. general. Just don't yep. watch- if you don't want spoilers, just don't watch it. <laughs> or listen to it. Yep. <laughs> okay, let's just jump right into it. So- uh, Peacemaker, what did you think? Or as John has in his notes here, <clears throat> Peach Marker. I can't spell. John's notes say Peach Marker. <laughs> he say the character names, now see if we can figure this one out with us. The character names are John Economos, Peach Marker, Vigilante, I like how Economos ranks higher than, Pe- <laughs> than Peacemaker, Vigilante, Hardcore, Leota, Clemson. We cannot figure out who the fuck Clemson is supposed to be. He has that written down. Cannot tell me what it's supposed to be. So Clemson, whoever that is, and Ransom Smith or the White Dragon. Um, some of those <laughs> I can tell. I don't know who Clemson was at all. <laughs> so the writing. So okay, we're just gonna go through John's notes here, and then we'll, we'll, we'll no, we'll see a little bit, you know, okay. No, 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 it's okay, it's good, it's good. So, today we're gonna talk about Peacemakers, so spoiler warning, this will not be a play-by-play for the show, instead we are talking about your favorite scene and favorite parts of this show. Then give us a score at the end. Overall, we both love the show and a few things that make it the best. Uh, writing. James Gunn knows how to write interesting characters. <laughs> this show is writing so good that it can, that it beats Star Wars. He knows how to write a funny scene and emotional scenes and not make it jar. For, <laughs> for example, episode four is my okay, favorite. Okay, okay, okay. We got it, we got it, we got it. No, 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 no. You think? You think? Peacemaker's backstory to Dick Jocks. I don't know what that means. Developing side characters back to ball walls action. <laughs> what? Back to the cliffhanger, all fit in a one hour show. Okay, I don't know what any of that meant, but let's just go with what I think he said. So, it's okay. So, James Gunn is a good writer. Yes, I would agree with that. James Gunn's writing is really we, what. We don't what, have to go what, on. What brought, up, <laughs> what, what brought up the James Gunn is that he wrote a good script. You know, he, you know, like, it's, I mean, um, I enjoy his Guardians of the Galaxy films. I enjoy uh, Suicide Squad movie. Uh, James Gunn is a good writer. He knows how to make even generally unlikable characters likable or at least interesting. Uh, uh, I, do, I really don't know what this this episode four is my favorite episode of the season. Peacemaker backstory to Dick Jocks, developing side character, back to ball walls action, and back back to the cliffhanger. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> back to ball walls action. Okay. Forget these notes. To Dick Jocks. 
to say that like three minutes have been just being pretty much making fun of my script. Okay, but I don't understand. <laughs> you write a script and it don't make no sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Oh, Lord. Anyway, but yeah, I was trying to use it as an outline to go off of. Yes, I agree. James Gunn's writing is uh, great. I think that Peacemaker is a compelling character. I really hated him after he killed um, uh, Flag in the Suicide Squad movie. So I have to say, I did not expect him to be able to be redeemed in any way. But they really did a good job of that and made him really compelling. In a way that I thought was... Um, Worth a watch, because, I mean, DC seems to really be going for the idea that, like, rather than having clear-cut heroes and villains, they just have people act, you know, like people, and then some do good things and some do bad things, but, like, there's there's always an understanding of, like, people are the product of their circumstances, and it's not so clean-cut Saturday morning cartoon, which I do like. I think that that's one thing that DC tends to do a little better than Marvel, in terms of creating their character really anti-heroes more than heroes it feels more realistic than in marvel they feel like goody two-shoes sometimes yes and nothing especially don't. when they're written by josh whedon yeah hey, language i'll never forgive josh whedon for his characterization of uh <laughs> of Captain america so bad. oh jeez and the Rooster brothers knew how to write him so much better um but russo brothers Ah, Russo Brothers. <laughs> I was like, who? <laughs> <laughs> but it, anyway, back to Peacemaker. Okay, back to Peach Marker. Go ahead. <laughs> what about him? <laughs> okay, well, pretty much in my notes, I was talking about how episode four, we all agreed, at least would be a really good episode because it goes into Peacemaker's backstory. It also has that really amazing scene where Vigilante goes into prison and and he antagonizes white supremacists before beating the shit out yes. of them reads them for filth it was the best scene in the whole fucking show it made me love peace it made me love Vigilante as a character and it was just so great I would watch it again and again yeah. and then the whole ending where one, one of the characters are actually a butterfly yeah well yeah, one of the main characters is a butterfly, um, and that because 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 the butterflies are like the antagonists, as you will. Then we kind of find out toward the end that the butterflies are a species of aliens or whatever that came to Earth to try because it was inhabitable and to try to save it from the fault of their own civilization by basically inhabiting all of the world leaders and forcing them to. Uh, act according to like climate change and stuff like that and actually make the world a better place because they weren't doing that which honestly when you hear it that way kind of makes it hard to fault them but then there's this whole conversation about free will versus like forcing people to do what's the right thing for peace and peacemaker coming to grips with his own understanding of what like that means to to achieve peace no matter who he has to hurt in the process which is his whole arc basically because he has this whole thing where he doesn't want to kill without a reason because his, he accidentally killed his brother at his father's behest when he was a kid and made a vow never to kill without reason again. Which, you know, is a fucked up sense of morality, but it makes sense because that's the whole lot. Like, this is where Peacemaker got his fucked up morality from. It makes sense that way. You know, I don't know how James Gunn really writes his villains, but... 
he does an amazing job every time. Like, for Starro and Suicide Squad to the butterflies, even. Yeah. He makes them, comp- I mean, they're not just, like, big bads, like, big monsters. Mm-hmm. They have personality, they have humanity, you feel bad for them. Like, with Starro, how he's talking about, you know, he was kept captive and, and experimented on for years, and he wants revenge, and he was happy looking at the stars, or whatever his last words are. That's, like, depressing. <laughs> yeah. Really depressing. But, yeah. And then we watched The Batman this week. Well, um, well last week, I oh, guess. Are we done talking about... Peacemaker? Oh, go ahead. Did you have something else you wanted to say? But I just want to say, um, Peacemaker is out there one of my favorite DC shows in a long time, I'll be honest. Because DC's been kind of lacking on that front for a little bit. Especially with all the wonderful or terrible CW shows. Um, this one felt really amazing. Like, on par with, like, Doom Doom Patrol for DC live-action TV shows. It's really good. I would highly recommend you watching it. Both of us would. Because... Well, I can't recommend it because I've never watched Doom Patrol, but Don Puss uh, is good. <laughs> I, I was talking about Peacemaker. Oh, okay, yeah. Both of us... Don't speak for me. Okay. You don't know if I recommend it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I just don't like men speaking for me. <laughs> okay. But, either way, we it's a fantastic show, and you should watch it. Yes. Are we ready to move on to Batman now, your highness? <laughs> or as John probably has in his notes somewhere, the Barkman. <laughs> Do the Barkman. <laughs> Fucking Simpsons. <laughs> That's okay, baby. You have talent in other areas. <laughs> anyway, so we watched the Batman last week with our friend Nobu. And, um, we, it was, like, oh, this is a long-ass movie, but, uh, it was three hours, so, you know, heads up going in. But it was good. We enjoyed it. Um, I honestly went in with some pretty good expectations, because I'd heard some good reviews, especially from people who don't even traditionally like, um, uh, superhero movies that much, so I knew that we were going to be in for something nice. Plus, Michael Giacchino, shout out to him on the soundtrack, he's amazing, so I love all of his work. And I would say, yeah, if it's the expectations, what the best thing I could say about it is that it very much feels like a classic Batman movie, a noir mystery. There's no big bad alien creature, there's no like super meta human shit, which I like. I honestly feel like that's where Batman shines. I, Batman's not Iron Man. He does not belong with like the Justice League fighting giant space aliens. It looks ridiculous. You either have to hamstring the superpowered characters or you have to make them ridiculously OP uh, through some really convoluted contrived writing. So I think that Batman is the most interesting when he's kind of pared down and doing down-to-earth type things. Things that feel like they could at least be semi-realistic. Um, and fighting just normal people in costumes rather than super villains. And so in this movie, that's you know who he's up against. Uh, the Riddler, who is basically just a charismatic serial killer in this version um and uh, he's a twitch streamer (laughs) (laughs) basically (laughs) yeah i'm pretty much a twitch streamer like i think we i pointed out during the movie we had more followers than him which is good (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well 
don't we don't generally give people the overthrow the government message until like the second or third stream. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this show really like for me like the Batman fell into this territory I like to call like um a where the um I guess what's the word I'm looking for where the theming is a little off or like the social commentary seems kind of all over the place in that. What, what they, whenever you've got these big budget like films, they obviously can't shit on the real problems of society too much. They always have to make the problems feel like they can be fixed within the systems that already exist. The solution is never to overthrow the system. So, like with Black Panther, you have you know Killmonger trying to overthrow colonialism, and you've got them saying, "Well, no, that's not a good idea," and to make always make that person seem completely extreme. They have them do something like unforgivably bad, like having Killmonger kill his girlfriend or kill um, the elderly woman in Wakanda, or in this case, having the Riddler go from killing corrupt politicians and cops and stuff to just trying to flood the entire city of Gotham <laughs> for no real reason. Um, you know, you just gotta have him do something real, real out of pocket to make sure that they don't seem too sympathetic. Because honestly, up until then, he was making some good sense. He was calling out the corruption of the Wayne family and the other rich families in Gotham, and yeah, there was a lot of truth to it. Yeah. I, they, I didn't really notice that trend until you told me right out of the theater about it, but it's noticeable in a lot of movies. Yep. Like in most recent memory. Whenever you got a character that starts to make a little bit too much sense, then you gotta have him do something out of pocket and crazy evil so that nobody will sympathize with them. <laughs> uh, because before, it's like, I mean, really, I thought that the movie almost took a really cool turn um, when, like, Bruce has to come to grips with the idea that his father paid off a mobster to kill somebody. Uh, but then it turns out that was a lie. And I was a little disappointed, honestly. I wish they had kept that being the truth, because that makes... Uh, you know, that makes, what is his name, William Wayne, whatever, his dad, it makes him a morally complicated figure, which, like, duh, the man is a billionaire. The idea that, that the Waynes were just these golden-eyed angel people who never did anything wrong or corrupt is so ridiculous when you consider that they came from fam, from, they both came from rich families, and they're literally billionaires, and nobody comes a billionaire without, like, exploiting people. So, <laughs> there's just no way that they were just these paragons of sweet innocence and never intentionally were involved in a scandal. Like, that's just, that's a little bit weak to me, as well as the whole, the cops, are, the cops are evil and they're in the pockets of the mobsters, except most of them are good, it's just a few bad apples. <laughs> Jim Gordon is real nice, proving that only good cops are fictional cops. I got a lot of thoughts on that, but I mean, overall, in terms of the cinematography and everything, it was like a really cool, engaging movie, and Robert Pattinson did a really excellent job of playing Bruce in a very brooding, dark way, both as Batman, but also as Bruce, which I think is fitting, because, like, Bruce Wayne in this version is, like, a moody dude in his 20s. He's still pretty young, and he's only been at this for a couple of months, and he's exactly what you would expect out of someone who's been through what Bruce Wayne has been through. He doesn't try to pretend like he likes rich people events the way that Bruce does in a lot of versions. He just just openly hates attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like a lot of people are I guess the big criticism for this movie, he's there's no identity switch between Bruce Wayne and Batman in this movie uh -huh. because mostly he's a 
old playboy and trying to hide his identity as Bruce Wayne. And we get none of that in this movie. We pretty much get him being Batman mode 24-7, no matter if he's Bruce Wayne or Batman at the time. Yeah, but I've heard some people explain that by saying that, like, it's this is still early on for like I think they make some mention of how he's only been the Batman for like a couple of months at this point, mm-hmm. so he may grow into that sort of more direct dichotomy when he grows up a little bit because like him he, he and Alfred has that conversation where he's like, you know, you're still away and you must wear your cufflinks or whatever, and he's like, you know, my dad like a moody teenager, <laughs> and um, I just think he's just young at this point and he's gonna learn how to pretend to just be a normal rich guy so that he's not so that he, I think you I think you probably had a moment when the Riddler was talking about the Batman like he knew that Bruce was the Batman and it turns out he was just separately obsessed with Bruce Wayne didn't realize they were one of the same but he came awful close to figuring it out and so I think that's probably when he was like you know what I should probably do something to distinguish myself from from Bruce a little bit more <laughs> yeah I definitely agree with you I feel like they're going to develop later on in movies because you're right he is super young he said only two years being Batman so like the rest, I'm assuming the rest of the trilogy is just seeing if he does a trilogy, is him building... Well, did they confirm a trilogy? There's a sequel on the way. I don't know if there's going to be a third one. But if there's... They probably will if he makes enough money. If, I'm assuming this trilogy is leading to him being like the full accurate comic book version of Batman, like high in his career and everything. Yeah. Because right now, these are, like, the beginning bones of Batman. Yeah, it's establishing who he is. And Batman does go through an arc where he figures out, like, what exactly is he doing and why is he doing it. And it's a little different than he thinks on the outset where he was just vengeance before. And now he realizes that just blind vengeance doesn't make him any better than the villains. Um, and so he's kind of codifying what his... What being Batman means to him. I thought his relationship with Selina, aka Catwoman, was good. Um, uh, Zoe Kravitz did a good job. It felt pretty believable. Uh, it was paced. Honestly, I would have, like, even wouldn't have minded maybe a few less scenes with them so I could get more scenes with Bruce and Alfred because that was another thing I really liked. Um, was his relationship with Alfred and Alfred actually, like, actively helping him with the mystery aspect of things. So I hope we get to see more Alfred in the future. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really. And the dude, what's his name? It's the guy, he was in Lord of the Rings, and then he played Claw in Black Panther. Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis, yeah. Uh, um, but he played, uh, one of our cats is trying to break down the door. Uh, he, he, oh, I'll try to close the door. No, 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 no just sit down, just sit down. Oh, I, mean, no. I don't want you to risk unplugging yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, I'm And, uh, so, yeah, but he plays Alfred, I think he does a really cool job. Uh, I like the, uh, wait, he shouldn't have opened his boss's mail, that's what you get. That's a crime, Alfred. You're not supposed to open other people's mail, or you might get blown up by the C4 bomb that was put in there by the Riddler. So that's your lesson. Don't fucking open other people's mail. <laughs> but for, like, I would say 30 seconds after the bomb went off, I thought he would actually be dead because... Yeah, me too. <laughs> because so far in this movie, it's been playing, like, realistic and everything. Yeah, and then the, and that blew up right in his face. Yeah, but then again, the Bruce also has a bomb blow up directly in his face, and he's fine. I like yeah. that whole scene is really weird because he's like he's talking to the DA who's got a bomb strapped to him, and he's like you know trying to get the bomb de- 
or decipher the riddles to get the bomb defused, and he knows the bomb's the bomb is seconds away from blowing up, and the dude, the like DA is refusing to answer the last question. So he sees the countdown and just Bruce boom out of the way, take cover. No, he just stands directly in front of him until the bomb goes off, and then he gets like thrown across the room and knocked out. But for some reason, nobody takes his mask off the entire time he's unconscious, and they bring his unconscious body to the police station. So he wakes up on a table in an interrogation room surrounded by cops, and I'm like, what the hell happened here? Like, first of all, <laughs> because then they start talking about like take his mask off take his mask off see who he is and I'm like why did nobody take his mask off or think to take his mask off until this point and also who the fuck brings a severely injured person to the police station first what <laughs> okay so I think some people say Jim Gordon was there on the scene bomb drop so he probably was first one there and when they were Getting him, capturing him, said Gordon followed him 24-7 when they got to the police station and made sure, like, no cops even touched the mask or anything. But that's, like, a big whatever. Yeah, he that's has a to big be... what if. And also, why yeah. did he get taken to the police station instead of the hospital? What's the explanation for that? I get... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got a point. I guess they didn't want to check in Batman in the hospital. I mean, yeah, like, he would have definitely had to take his mask off at some point. Like, the doctors or paramedics or somebody. I just refuse to believe that someone would get blown up in front of everyone and, like, with all the paramedics and cops running around, nobody at any point took his mask off while he was unconscious. Yeah. I was so sure that was going to be the next issue is that he was unmasked, but no, nobody bothered to take his mask off. So, yeah, that happened. But, you know, some stuff you just gotta let happen because it's the nature of movies. But... <laughs> that I think, uh, yeah, and Gordon, by the way, I loved Gordon. He was played by like, Isaiah something. He's the dude, he plays the Watcher in What If. Yeah. He also, Jeremiah Wright. Oh, yeah. He also plays, I knew it was a biblical prophet. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also plays uh, the dude in the wheelchair in The Hunger Games and some other stuff. He's a good actor. Um, he plays in Westworld. He won. He's one of the main characters. He's really good in that too. Yeah, he's a good actor, and he makes a good good Jim Gordon, a very enjoyable mm -hmm. Jim Gordon. Um, to be honest, I think he's my favorite. Uh, after thinking about it, like all the other Jim's Gordons, like most of them throughout the movies, just tend to light up the bat symbol, tell Batman what they need to be done, and that's the it. Yeah, this gym is like actively involved in investigating with Bruce. Yeah. They and they have a good rapport. They have a really good chemistry with each other. Like they're funny together. I like love the scene where they're like going in the, the warehouse or whatever, and Jim pulls out his gun, and Matt's like, "No guns," and he's like, "Yeah, that, that's your thing." <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I ain't playing those games with you, homie. <laughs> it's like I only trust you, and I don't even know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> It's felt like they actually had a relationship in this movie under, like, the other movies. It felt like... When we get into more into it... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, uh, go ahead. Okay. Those other movies, like Dark Knight and the Ben Affleck's version with 
J.K. Simmons, it just feels like they like the thing, and that's the end of their character. It doesn't feel like a relationship like this movie is. Yeah, I was going to say, when you get more into Harley Quinn, because I've watched Harley Quinn I'm, the whole season, and he, John hasn't watched it yet, but we watched the first episode. Anyway, when we get further into Harley Quinn, they make a, they joke about that, about Jim's relationship with Batman, because it's like, Jim is just like this sort of drunk slob that like really fanboys over Batman and Batman's kind of like keeping it at arm's length like yeah we're not really friends like that Jim I'm just here to do my thing <laughs> um, so yeah they, they like definitely play off of that idea because <laughs> like because Batman is in the series and so is Robin and all the other characters they're just not main characters but they are they are they do show up <laughs> yeah, that's another great show that I need to finish yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Batman has been reinvented and reimagined so many times, including literally as Lego toys, and now he's gonna be in a fucking Secret Life of Pets ripoff. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I literally thought that was some Illumination type garbage when I showed up on my screen. I thought it was the latest cheap attempt at a children's movie from Illumination. I fully did think it was Secret Life of Pets 3 or whatever. <laughs> For the people that don't know what she's talking about, before Batman began, they showed a trailer for their new Illumination. Before the Batman. Yeah. Batman Begins is an entirely different movie from Oh, the I said Batman part. Begins? Yes. I thought I said Batman. No, nope. No, okay. Okay. Yeah, but there was a preview before Batman, and it was like the League of Super Pets as their new... It's the pets of Super of the Justice League, so it's like... It's, I think Wonder Woman has a dog or a cat or some shit. I don't fucking remember. And there's, like, a dog, Superman. There's super do Crypto the Super Dog, which I remember watching cartoons with Crypto when I was a kid. And uh, Batman's dog, I don't remember what his name is. It's not worth... If you're not, like, ten years old, it is not worth your time. <laughs> no, it just looks terrible. <laughs> they have Kevin Hart, Draylor on Johnson... So they just bought a bunch of celebrity voices. It's really like cheap animation, celebrity voices. Like I said, it's like an Illumination movie. If you didn't, if it wasn't tied to the Batman property and you just told me this is the newest Illumination movie, it's going to have Kevin Hart and Dwayne The Rock Johnson playing dogs that live a secret life. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds like an Illumination movie. <laughs> it's unimaginative. It's uninspired. It's a cheap cash grab, cheap ass animation. All the money goes to the celebrity cameos and pop music in the background. Uh, just the standard garbage that children's movies have become these days. <laughs> and that, that pretty much sums up DC right there. Like, they released the Batman amazing-ass movie, and then on the side, they're releasing this. <laughs> oh, man. It doesn't feel consistent sometimes. No, it doesn't feel consistent at all, because they, they're literally throwing throwing shit in all different directions and just seeing what sticks. Like, DC doesn't know what they're doing. They don't have a game plan. They're just trying everything. Let's be a little like Marvel. They're successful. But let's also be a little like, you know, like Illumination or Disney. They're successful. Oh, but let's also be a little dark and gloomy. That's People like gritty shit. Oh, but I mean, they're just trying everything. <laughs> like... 
Like, even the, the little promo reel that they showed about the upcoming movies, they're like, Flashpoint, and then the Batman, and then some other stuff, like, they're trying to, like, Aquaman too. like, the few, the few properties they've got that they're still trying to, like, milk something out of, they're like, okay, so this is a thing, but then, like, oh, but we're doing a whole different Batman franchise, and if that doesn't work, we got another Batman franchise we're gonna try, and the fucking Aquaman 2, well, I'm still a little unclear what's gonna happen with that, because, like, Amber Heard is a real controversial person to hire right now, so we're not sure how that's gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could do the crimes of Grindelwald where Johnny Depp, a similarly controversial person, and I and not ironically just the one that was out. married to Amber Heard, they just replaced his ass. And now everyone's like, well, you should do the same thing to to Amber because she was at least as bad to him as he was to her. And they're like going back and forth but I'm just like, can we, I feel like Amber Heard and Johnny Depp just like are done. They're just done. No more yeah. casting them in anything. Yeah, they're done. <laughs> I never heard more of Their careers went down in flames just like their marriage. Like just let it go. Yeah. It's never coming back. That was like the biggest celebrity fight still going on. It just needs oh, to end. God. And like it was so fucked up, like all that shit she said, like like she was super abusive to him and all that shit got swept under the rug yep. and everyone took her side like, oh boy, what a freaking mess. Anyway, uh this is not <laughs> We are not the marriage counselors for Johnny nope. Depp and Amber Heard, but literally y'all are very toxic for each other. Please stay very far away for the rest of your lives. <laughs> <laughs> But I was going to bring up that, like, there was a preview with the upcoming DC movies after the Batman, and none of them made me excited. Like, I don't care about Black Adam. This oh, no. I could not no. care less. I couldn't care about that. I couldn't care about this Flash movie. It's been in production hell over and over again. It had... It's like, like, like Black Widow. Like, that movie was stuck in production hell for almost ten years, and look what we got when it finally got out. Garbage. And yeah. I'll speak it up, the Batman had the same budget as Black Widow, and a million times better in terms of effects and everything else. Scripts. Like, <laughs> everything. Yeah. So I'm not decided for this Flash movie. You can put as many Batman in the movie in, but if the story's not good, it's not good. You can't just put a bunch of cameos to fix a broken story because I don't feel like they know what to do with Flash at all. Um, then well, no, because it's like, we got, they've got, he's got part of the Justice League, but like, what's happening with that? Okay, so Ben Affleck doesn't want to make any more movies. And then, but then Henry Cavill does, but we won't let him for some reason. And then I don't know what Gal Gadot's doing. So like, <laughs> like her last movie was kind of ass. So I don't know what anyone's doing with the Justice League I anymore. I just don't get it. Like, DC needs to decide if they're either collapsing this universe or they're not. They, they don't want to, though. They don't want to decide. They want to have their their cake and eat it, too. It's like, it's a happy pie day. We recorded this on pie day, and they want to have their pie and eat it, too. But, like, they, they I mean, they want, they're trying everything that works within it. It's like, oh, okay, this movie works. So somehow we got to manage to shove fucking shove Flash in there. They're teasing doing a multiverse type thing like what Marvel's doing. But Marvel laid the groundwork for that over a decade and DC's just trying some shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, okay, so they're bringing Michael Keaton's Batman back for the Flash movie. 
which I think is interesting. But Michael Keaton was never my favorite. I don't think he was anybody's favorite Batman no, no. ever. Like, who, who, who would you say Batman as immediately? Like, Michael Keaton. I don't know. <laughs> like, most people say, like, Christian Bale. Yeah, Christian Bale. Or even um, uh, Adam West. Yeah. Go <laughs> I think, looking back at those movies, he, he defined Michael Keaton. But I wouldn't say that's jumping over to joy to go see the Flash movie for. <laughs> I. I mean, they want to be they want to be Spider Man No Way Home so bad. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> that was a lightning in a bottle, once in a lifetime type cinematic experience. I don't think you're ever going to be able to copy that. No. And they're trying to. I there's I. So when Michael Keaton shows up in the Flash movie, I'd be like, cool. Because I ha didn't have that nostalgia of him being my Batman at the time. So I'm probably not going to feel anything Yeah. when that comes up. So it's not going to be that lightning in the bottle like Spider-Man No Way Home is. For me, at least. Yeah. <sighs> you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. I thought I saw something crawling on you. Okay. But anyway, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, yeah, it's not gonna, it's just, that moment is gone, and you, they should just try to do some, their own thing, but just, DC's not confident enough to do their own thing, they just want to copy other people's stuff and see what works. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, they just keep on throwing stuff out of the ground and stuff, I don't even know why they're doing a second Aquaman, to be honest. Because yeah, the first needed. <laughs> the first one was okay. I wouldn't say it's groundbreaking or amazing. Aquaman's not an interesting hero. <laughs> it's... Has anyone ever been interested in Aquaman? Like, has anyone ever been like Aquaman is definitely my favorite character <laughs> in the DC universe? No. <laughs> like uh, it's just it's Aquaman. I mean, honestly, they tried to make him cool with Jason Momoa. They tried to make him, like, a sea god type thing with, like, a trident yeah. and shit. They, they definitely tried to go for that, like, a more edgy in terms of just a goofy man in an orange suit who talks to fish. But, like, he's still, at the end of the day, a man who talks to fish. And I guess he has water powers. But, like, can he even, like, summon water from other places? Can he do that with his trident? I think he can. Right? Can yeah. he, does he have, like, water bending power? Yeah, or is he just good with his trident? Or does he need water? Like, can he control water? He can control water and summon fish. I've seen that in the Aquaman movie, yes. Okay, so he can summon fish, yes. even if they're not near... Okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> but still, I mean... He, like, you know... I don't know. Wonder Woman can... can well, I don't know if she can fly, but she can jump real high. And she, can, she has an a, a electric whip that makes you tell the truth. And she's got bulletproof gauntlets, and she has, like, a fire sword or something. And then Superman, he can shoot lasers from his eyes, and he can fly, and he can punch through brick walls and shit, and he's got super strength. And he can lift a whole, like, train and stuff. And then Batman doesn't have any powers, but he's a rich man. And he got gadgets, and he does shit. And the Flash can run so fast that he can, like, undo death and set back time. And then Aquaman, he can talk to fish. 
I <laughs> even the chiseled abs of Jason Momoa can't hide the fact that his power is kind of lame. <laughs> yeah, just they try so hard to make him cool, Aquaman. I just don't think it's ever going to work for me, no matter what they do. Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League that four hour monstrosity and like there's a whole section where like Bruce and Aquaman are in Aquaman's home village which is like a Finnish fishing town or something yeah. and he's like <laughs> what do you say the Bruce makes like a joke or something but it's the humor is so awkward <laughs> yeah. and then and then, uh, then what I was also thinking this has nothing to do with Aquaman but I was thinking like Wonder Woman and how that's in her her scene where she's introduced, she like saves, she like quote unquote saves the bank by like exploding a hole into the building that almost certainly killed some people below. <laughs> like, like that was completely unnecessary. She like took the time to like run through the scene and like deflect all the bullets and then turn around and like blow him up through the wall. And I'm like, Diana, you literally could have just taken the gun from him without blowing the building up. <laughs> That was super unnecessary. Yeah. It really was. It missed. And then she had to fly the bomb into space. And then she comes with the little girls. And she's like, you can be anything you want to be. I'm like, lady, you just killed at least a couple dozen people. You don't, you can't blow the side out of a building and not kill some people. You know, this is what Scarlet Witch got in trouble for in fucking Civil War. <laughs> she was because she blew up a building and some people died because that's what happens when you blow a building up. Yeah. <laughs> and Diana just casually blows the side out of a broom for no fucking reason. And it's fine. <laughs> She's the good guy, definitely. She's the good guy. whether or not they're going to consistently make note of the wanton destruction that their quote-unquote heroes cause on a daily basis. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, God. <laughs> it just feels so strange with every DC thing they put out. It's either good or really bad. It's so strange. It feels like everything, like, really, really good is, like, so far away from the universe that it doesn't really matter. Like, the Suicide Squad movie, for example, that's, like, far from their, like, Batmans and everything yeah. else. <laughs> and that did really well because it was actually really good. Yeah. But they, they don't want to tie that in with the other stuff because then it's awkward. <laughs> yeah. Same case with Peacemaker 2. It's, like, far, far away from their precious universe and stuff like that. But, yeah. I leave. Uh, uh, this is my, this is, I was looking for that because I was like, I made TikToks after watching the Snyder Cut and I made, I made two different ones. I made one that said, Bruce Wayne, after throwing a deadly weapon at Barry's face, operating on the major assumption that the kid had powers and that those powers happened to be super speed, because otherwise he just killed a college student for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then also this 
one. Diana, after unnecessarily blowing a whole wall out of the building she was trying to prevent from being blown up by bad guys, even though she could easily have taken out the shooter without potentially hurting dozens of people on the ground or showing off her bullet blocking skills, which put a lot of children's lives at unnecessary risk. <laughs> likes drama and he loves slow-mo shots but anyway <laughs> oh god but yeah i would say that i don't know what are we even talking about <laughs> also can we say that the dc universe was picked off by Zack snyder the dude that i don't think should start universe because he started it with man of steel and everything and his universe design, I don't really like, I'll be honest. Do you like his universe design? Like 300, I know of, Watchmen. I just don't really like his universes. Snyder's universes? Yes. Yeah, I mean, Snyder, like, he loves a show. He loves a big, dramatic, uh show um which has its place but like snyder is the guy you want to hire to like make your big blockbusters after the universe has already been established not to make your universe from the ground up i don't think i feel like to make to really slow burn your characters the way they need to be you need someone like james gunn who like knows how to take characters that no one's ever heard of and turn them into really beloved characters by the end of the movie not just in suicide squad but also the guardians of the galaxy which was a bunch of nobody characters. And he knows how to, like, throughout like throughout Peacemaker, we see him slowly building these relationships to where it feels satisfying. Um, I don't think Snyder likes slow build. I think he likes he likes show. Yeah, he doesn't, especially with the version of Batman he picked. Yeah, and, like, I mean, and like it's in Man of Steel. I mean, that is not a first-out-the-gate kind of movie. No. I guess you do, like, Iron Man, but even then we got to see how he became Iron Man. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, Man of Steel, now he's fighting Batman. I feel like he should have at least had one or two more movies, Superman-wise. Yeah. Because a lot of people from Man of Steel said, oh, I enjoyed Henry Cavill. I just didn't really enjoy the story right there. And I believe Henry Cavill can be a good Superman, but they don't ever give him a chance for some reason. No, just, every time, even in Snyder Cut, he's so wooden and boring. Like, okay, Superman's a hard character to write because Superman, honestly, is the most boring character in the DC. Yes, I said it. I don't even think anyone's gonna fight me on it. I don't think Superman has shooters the way that Batman has shooters. Batman has people who will fight you to the death. They'll be like, Batman could outclass Thanos if he had enough prep time, prep time, prep time. I've had so many men mansplain to me, Batman, I, I could jump off a bridge just hearing the name. But I don't think anyone's like that for Superman. Nobody really gives a fuck about Superman. Because he's literally like a god. He He's impenetrable, he's bulletproof, he can see- I mean, he's so OP all the time that he's just is not interesting. <laughs> the way you fix that is making him feel more human. Yes. And we can relate to. The problem with Snyder's version of Superman, he feels like a god. 
24-7. He, he literally, no, it's not he doesn't feel like a god. Snyder 100% wants you to view him as Jesus. There is literally a scene where he is like floating above the crowd with his arms outspread like Jesus on the cross and everyone's like, is, is there not a scene like that? Yeah, there and is. they're like basically worshipping. Like he is, like, Snyder is literally like, this is Jesus everybody. By the way, in case my allegory wasn't clear, this is Jesus. <laughs> And it makes it... And then he made Joker Jesus later, and that was a weird choice. <laughs> that was... That's a whole different thing. I don't... <laughs> Jesus. Oh, okay. Jesus allegories. Somebody take Jesus allegories away from Zack Snyder. Okay. He doesn't know how to use them. Before we go off Rockstar Superman, I just want to bring up that Henry Cavill does Gary, of, Gary from Witcher really good. He does a Man for Uncle, and he shows comedical... And a lot of... He has range. He has range. Yeah. So it proves that he could really be the version of Superman we want to see. With a better director. With a better director. <laughs> but he's never given that chance. And he's like the only one of the actors I know of that wants to come back to their roles. Yeah. For this property. Because Affleck wants to leave. I know... Wonder Woman wants to leave pretty soon, probably. And I don't know. I guess Jason Momoa is like the only one. Else. And yeah, Jason, Jason Momoa is the Chris Hemsworth of this universe. I think he's just kind of down for whatever. He's just having a good time. But yeah. <laughs> but you can't build a universe. It would be like if everybody, if all of the main Avengers and everybody established in Marvel what was right. uninterested except for Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Like, yeah, it just, it's, it's, they, they're trying to cobble together a universe with what they have left, um, cause they, cause they also got Jason Momoa and the other dude who plays Flash, I don't remember his name, to cameo in Peacemaker, bringing it back yeah. around, uh, the other actors I'm sure were far too expensive to even yeah. consider getting, so we only got to see them in Shadow. <laughs> yeah, it, I've heard there's a version out there, it was just a stunt double as Batman. That you could actually see the face, but it looked like Ben Affleck. Mm. So, they didn't even get Ben Affleck for that scene. They didn't even have words I heard at all. No, they didn't. Of course they didn't get Ben Affleck. You ben Aff Can you imagine how much he would have charged? He's way too expensive to be in some fucking yeah. cameo scene. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just the only way that actors like that do that kind of stuff is if they have a really good personal relationship with the director or something. But... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could barely get Viola Davis in there for more than two episodes. <laughs> they were like, we get, uh, we get one shot where she's on, where she's video calling, and then she's mentioned on the other end of the phone, but we don't get to see her, and then in the very last, so we see her in the very first and the very last episode. In the very last episode, she's, uh, sitting on her couch watching TV, and she goes, what the fuck, because her daughter just outed her. And that's it. The, those three words probably cost a billion dollars. <laughs> they I had a contract. Okay, what will be one hundred thousand? The <laughs> so another question that brings up is like, is Disney the only one that could do a universe like this? Because they need so much money to keep actors. Yeah, they like need so it. much money and so many connections. Like they have to pull so many favors. I mean, that's where you get stuff like even with Star Wars. You know, like. Lord knows Harrison Ford was not eager to come back to any kind of Star Wars property. He doesn't give a fuck about Star Wars. And he hasn't since, like, 1978. <laughs> I don't think he 
ever cared about Star Wars. I feel like New Hope came out, and it was a success. He was like, oh, cool, man. Whatever. Well, he was I'm... nobody before that. He was like a janitor or something, and so his first big break was New Hope, but then he got hired for a bunch of other stuff because he was such a beloved character. Yeah. So then he wanted to leave Star Wars far oh. behind him after that. <laughs> yeah. And they keep on bringing his ass back, and I heard, like, the book of Boba Fett was going on, and they wanted to bring him back. I knew that was not going to no, happen. he didn't. He it was. It, they had to pull and plead. I they know, had to call in every favor in the book just to get him to show up to that last Star Wars movie, and he didn't even bother comb his hair. No. And I'm pretty sure he straight up said on like Jimmy Fallon or whatever show he was on after they're like, "Oh, you remember this scene? Or you know, didn't you want to do this or that?" And he like just straight up said, "Like I don't care. <laughs> I didn't bother to just comb my hair." They had him roll out of bed, come out of his trailer, Mr. Ford. Please Please, it's time for the scene, Mr. Ford. Okay, can we do one more take? Oh, he's already going back. <laughs> and some Star Wars fans think it's fun watching him pretty much shit on Harrison on Han Solo, which I don't get at all. Because I would rather my actors who love the universe talk proudly about their characters. But the, Harrison Ford just shits on Han Solo 24-7. A, a grumpy old man. He literally is in his 80s. That man does yeah. not give a fuck. <laughs> and they keep on asking him these questions. And yeah, and that's, and that's what I was like. Somebody stop asking Harrison Ford Star Wars questions. He could not be more visibly disgusted that you were bothering him with such nonsense. He never gives an honest answer. He's not excited to talk about Star Wars at all. Like, Mark Hamill will still excitedly talk about Star Wars. Like, <laughs> Not get Harrison Ford. You say anything related to Star Wars, and you just get the dirtiest look. <laughs> it's just strange. Oh boy! I think Harrison Ford's best role was in Age of Adelaide, which is this god awful movie I watched at a cheap a bar and theater with my friends, uh, drinking mini beers, wow. and he played. A guy who fell in love with this girl named Adelaide who was ageless because she got struck by lightning or something. And <laughs> and then she grows. And so then she's like technically 80 years old, but she looks like she's 20 something. And she ends up falling in love with Harrison Ford's son, just like she fell in love with him when he was older. It, it's so stupid. And then, and then, no, the stupidest part comes at the end. So, like, <laughs> so it's like, okay, she, so she, you know, it's the whole like, the conflict of her, like, falling in love with this dude even though she knows that he's gonna grow older and she's gonna stay the same age because she's already going through the fact that her daughter is, like, way older than she is now, um, and gonna die before her. And so she's like, you know, now I'm gonna fall in love with this man knowing he's gonna age and I'm gonna stay the same because I don't age or whatever. Um, but then she get she goes and she gets into another car accident and gets struck by lightning or something again and it reverses everything that happened before. So now... <laughs> She can age normally alongside her new love, and that's the end of the movie. I would literally have rather, because the, the worst part is that they try to give a scientific explanation for this. They're like, according to an unknown principle of physics, the blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I would rather you say a fucking wizard did it. I would literally rather if the movie was just like, and then Jesus said, zing, and shot her with a magic laser beam. That would have made more sense than whatever scientific bullshit they were trying to shut down our throats. That movie was so fucking bad. Anyway. Um... <laughs> This has gone off the rails. I don't think it's about time to wrap it up. Uh, but the bottom line is, we
we don't we like what DC has currently and recently been putting out, but we don't know where the fuck they're going, and I don't think they do either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really like. I love this Batman, but but it's like in a completely different universe, and it's not with their universe at all. So it just feels like the best parts of their universe are far away. So I don't think... And they're trying to tie them back together very, very ham-fistedly. <laughs> yep. They're trying to do everything Marvel did in 12 years in, like, five. <laughs> there was a news article, like, saying, oh, maybe the sequel of Robert Pattinson's movie will hint that he's part of the DC Universe. I don't uh, want that. No, I don't at all. I don't want Robert Pattinson's Batman in the Snyderverse, or whatever they want to call it now. I don't want that at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it to all be connected. I'm so tired of that. Like, I have enough of that going on with Marvel. I have enough shit to keep track of. They're already talking about how they're going to make Into the Spider-Verse canon in the MCU at some point. My head cannot handle this. Like, I have exactly enough mental capacity to handle one multiverse, and it's dedicated to Marvel at this point. I'm too in too deep. I can't go back. I cannot keep up with it. I'm not interested in doing any of that shit for DC. Not any of that shit. Do you hear me? Just make different movies. They're not connected. There's no greater universe. It's all just whatever the fuck it is. It's just, if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. Ignore the canon. Ignore that it's part of some who... No crossover, none of that no. shit. No more. I can't deal with that. I truly can't. Don't be trying to give me some fucking Into the Spider-Verse, Into the Bat-Verse with like 16 different Batmans. Fuck that shit. I don't want any of that. So, DC, do what you're doing now. Just keep on throwing Just crazy Just make random movies, movies random and movies. don't pretend they're connected. Yeah. <laughs> don't even bother connecting it. Because every time when you try and connect it, you... You fuck it up. Yeah. You fuck it up. I mean, in our professional opinion, you fuck it up. You can't do universes. Just leave that shit to Marvel, and you guys just make individual movies that are good. <laughs> yeah, you, you can do that. Yeah, and you have more creative freedom yeah. that way, too, because Marvel movies, let's be honest, even the good Marvel movies are, like, trapped in the Marvel formula. Like, it, like most of them cannot break free from it. I mean, Shang-Chi was a great movie, but it was still trapped in the Marvel formula at the end of the day. They don't have as much creativity with those movies. The Eternals kind of tried to break it, and it sucked. So you really can't break the Marvel formula that severely. Like, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So, that, that's a benefit of just doing standalone crazy movies. Because, like, Logan, a uh, Marvel movie, which just was crazy, was, like, probably the one of the best Marvel movies. Yeah. So, DC can do the same with their properties. Like, just go crazy do an out there comic or anything because it yeah, doesn't... Yeah, just do your own thing. Just yeah. the killing joke. Like, that's why the, the DC animated universe is so much better because they do not try to pretend that shit is connected. They just do the killing joke. They do all of those other ones, those Batman specials. They do the Harley Quinn series. But you don't have to watch another series to understand the Harley Quinn series. They don't be like, make sure you watch Batman the Brave and the Bold. Not Batman Returns, that's a different one. Like, you don't have to do any of that shit no. to enjoy Harley Quinn as a standalone series about Harley Quinn. And this is just this universe. That's it. It does not have to be the same Harley from the other movies. It does not have to be the same Harley from this and that. It's not connected. They're not like, oh, this is actually Margot Robbie's Harley. None of that. It's just... Harley Quinn. This Harley Quinn in this universe, that's the end. <laughs> yeah, so just, just do that. Just do that for the rest of your movies, and I'll think you'll be good. 
just leave this <laughs> yeah, universe. Yeah, leave the grander universe yeah. shit. It's not for everybody. It really isn't. I and mean, that's not even an insult. Star Wars is kind of trying to do it too, and nobody gives a fuck about Star it's Wars not... anymore, except for the side projects. No one cares about the overall story because that last trilogy was a fucking mess. So just don't, 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 don't. No, no, no more connections or sequels. Just, if I want to make a Spider-Man movie, boom, it's a Spider-Man movie. I just did it. I don't need any rules, no rules, no strictures, no universes, just your own standalone movies. <laughs> yeah. And maybe you can have sequels to those movies, but they don't connect to the other sequels. <laughs> For example, DC, you can do a Batman Beyond movie out yeah. of nowhere. Like, it, it doesn't matter. You can do it whenever. Yeah, L there's no rules. You can do two different Batmans at the same time. It doesn't matter. None of this, oh, it's part of the multiverse. It's just its own thing. It's just yeah. its own thing. <laughs> just do that. Why, why does that have to be connected? It doesn't need to be go out there with your movies, and that's how you can stay ahead for Marvel. Uh, honestly, because Marvel is going to have to connect to this universe no matter what. So some movies gonna have to end this way. Some movies have to end this way. You can do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, DC, do that. That's been your professional advice. Thank you so much for listening to this dope ass thing we're doing. Yeah. Where we talk about stuff in a less edited fashion, cause ain't nobody got time for that. This is the podcast. I don't know what I'm calling it yet. Could just be wordy and nerdy. I don't really. It could. I mean, I don't. There are no rules. There are no strictures, just like with DC. The point is, thank you for listening to whatever it is, and we will see you next time. Bye.